Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? In today's episode, we're going to be going over my recap of the game between the Miami Dolphins and the Los Angeles Rams. So to get right into it, the Miami Dolphins defeated the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday by a score of 28 to 17. The Dolphins moved to four and three with the win. The Rams fall to five and three. Brian Flores owns the Los Angeles Rams. Back in my preview piece, I talked a little bit about the history between the Los Angeles Rams and Brian Flores. If you think back, Flores faced the Rams in Super Bowl 53, back when he was the de facto defensive coordinator for the Patriots. And if you remember that game, it was a game that was dominated by the Patriots' defense. And on Sunday, Flores gave everyone a little bit of a reminder in case you forgot how that game went. The Dolphins' defense in this one showed up. They showed up to a level that they haven't played all season, one that legit legitimately brings up the question, are the Dolphins' defense, is it potentially one of the better ones in the entire NFL? So the Dolphins finished the first half with 28 points and 54 total yards on offense. Again, 28 points, 54 total yards. That should show everybody how dominant the defense was. The defense that was once a clear weakness for this team after the losses to Buffalo in New England, uh, that's no more. The defense is defined right now by a set of creative, very disguised blitzes featuring a multitude of players that are on the line of scrimmage before the snap. Emmanuel Ogba, man, the guy deserves a ton of praise. He continues to make a name for himself. He gets better and better with every week. In the second quarter of this game, he laid this vicious blindside hit on Jared Goff to knock the ball loose. Andrew Van Ginkle was able to scoop it up and return it for the score. Ogba, as of right now, he has six sacks on the season, which is currently sixth in the NFL. Aside from the sacks, he's still making an impact if you look at every single play. He had a deflected pass at the line of scrimmage in this game, and every single play, it looks like he's just breathing down the quarterback's neck. Now, earlier in the first quarter, Christian Wilkins intercepted a pass near the line of scrimmage. As mentioned earlier with the Dolphins doing these disguised blitzes, they sent a blitz that allowed Christian Wilkins to drop back into coverage where he was able to make that interception. And again, Ogba was there to provide the pressure on that throw. Then if we look at the second quarter, safety, Eric Rowe had this tremendous interception and Jerome Baker was there on the blitz, went right through the A-gap, hit the quarterback as he threw, and Rowe right now just continues to be one of the better players on defense. He had five pass deflections in this game. Now, Alandon Roberts, a guy that I've been mentioning pretty frequently for the wrong reasons, saying he's been a liability, especially when it comes to stopping the run. In this game, he had two massive tackles for a losses. Uh, one of them came in the red zone. It was the play right before Van Ginkle's touchdown, and the other one came on a play where he ran straight through tight end Gerald Everett to make a huge play and to get the running back. Now, again, I want to emphasize the nonstop pressure created plenty of opportunities, and frankly, there could have been more than just the plays I mentioned. Throughout this game, I mean, Andrew Van Ginkle nearly made an incredible interception on a deflection at the line of scrimmage, but he wasn't able to come down with it. Xavier Howard dropped an interception in the first half. Eric Rowe dropped what would have been a pick six. Shaq Lawson stripped the ball from Goff at one point, and it was recovered by Kyle Van Noy. The defense, again, all over the field, and Goff looked completely lost. Now, as dominant as the defense was, if I had to pick away any negatives from the defense aside, and again, they played awesome, and I'm just kind of nitpicking here, uh, the first one would be that stopping the run continues to be not perfect for the team. Daryl Henderson had nearly 5.9 yards per carry, and aside from those two tackles by Landon Roberts, there was no tackles for any losses in this game aside from those two. Uh, the other negative in this game would actually be Xavier Howard, who's been having a tremendous season. This 
Xavier Howard game was not the lockdown performance that we're kind of accustomed to seeing. He was primarily tasked in this game with covering Robert Woods, who would finish the game with 85 yards and two total touchdowns, including this one wide open catch in the end zone. And I will say Woods is definitely underrated, but he is not in that top tier of receivers that I think should be the one beating your team. Now, again, overall, it was a terrific performance from the defense. I've been saying for weeks that I would need to see it multiple times in order to believe because it seemed like after every good game they would kind of fumble the next one but now after three straight good performances against the 49ers against the Jets and now against the Los Angeles Rams I'm willing to say I do think the Dolphins defense is actually really good right now and they should be mentioned as one of the more underrated groups in the entire NFL. Now we move on to the offense. Now uh, everyone wants to know how did Tua do his first professional start. Now his first drive was far from ideal. He was stripped on his first drop back, allowing the Rams to get in position to score, but luckily he was able to secure the ball for the rest of the game. He would finish the game 12 for 22, 93 yards, and he had a touchdown. His first NFL touchdown came on a three-yard slant to Devontae Parker. He was able to dart this throw to Parker, who was heavily contested at the time for the score, but then aside from that, you know, there really wasn't too much going for the offense. The Dolphins' leading receiver in this game would be Miles Gaskin who had 16 yards. The longest offensive play for Miami was 15 yards. Tua Tungavailoa completed one pass beyond 10 yards and only attempted three in this game. The offense was extremely conservative, no doubt. It's possible that this conservative kind of nature of the game was part of the plan. I had in my preview that I expected the Dolphins to focus more on the short game to kind of build Tua's confidence up a little bit. On top of that, many people, myself included, were worried about Aaron Donald and the Rams front getting plenty of hits on the rookie quarterback. But if there was any takeaway, uh, a positive one to take away from the offense, Tua was only sacked once in this game and he was only hit twice. So that kind of segues into the offensive line. The offensive line, in terms of protecting Tua, uh, they did all right. I mean, it was pretty below average, probably one of their worst performances of the year, but not completely abysmal. But in large part, it's important to note, Tua was getting rid of the ball extremely quickly. Per NFL's next-gen stats, he released the ball on average 2.27 seconds after the snap. Only Ben Roethlisberger had a quicker time to throw this week. Tool was getting rid of the ball extremely quickly. I will say, though, tackles Jesse Davis and Robert Hunt, they both had moments where they were beaten pretty badly, but Tua's quick release really prevented a sack. Now, I will say the Dolphins' offensive line probably had one of its worst performances when it came to providing gaps and opening up room for the running game. There really wasn't much going on. Uh, receiver Devontae Parker, he had a season low of 35 yards against the Jets in Week 6. And then this week, he had an even weaker performance with only three yards against the Rams. And this was a Rams team that was missing Jalen Ramsey, who ended up missing the game uh, really last minute with a non-COVID-related sickness. So kind of an underwhelming performance from Devontae Parker. Mike Gesicki, who was at one point among one of the top receiving yard leaders for tight ends, now has combined for one catch for eight yards in the last two games. And he has four games with 15 or less yards and only one catch. 
And then if we take a look at Miles Gaskin, he was also coming off of a career high game over 90 rushing yards against the Jets in week six. He was heavily involved in this game, but it's hard to say that he was productive. He finished the game 47 rushing yards and an average of 2.7 yards per carry. On top of that, he had a rushing touchdown and he also had a fumble to put the Rams in the Dolphins red zone. Now, special teams was spectacular in this game. After a few weeks in the hot seat for Jakeem Grant, he reminded everybody that his speed is unreal. He had an 88-yard punt return for a touchdown where he blazed right through the entire Rams team. And you could really feel the entire momentum of the game shift at that point. He also had a huge 44 or 45-yard kick return in this game. Overall, a terrific performance from Jakeem Grant, one that was enough for me to say, okay, maybe it is time for me to ease up on him. Now, Malcolm Perry was also active in this game for his NFL debut. He had his first catch of his professional career and that's all he had he had one catch for 10 yards in this game but I am excited to see more of Malcolm Perry he was also used on a few plays in the Wildcat very interesting and Lynn Bowden Jr. who was previously used in the Wildcat for the Dolphins was inactive for this game so interesting moves there so we'll get into my takeaways from this game and the first one's going to be obvious I think it's the Dolphins defense is actually pretty legit the way they are looking right now is what I imagine Brian Flores was was devising and I think a lot of this is attributed to the frequency of these blitzes. He wasn't really sending people as much earlier on in the season but now I feel like people are getting more comfortable and more understanding of what he is trying to do and he is sending a ton of guys on blitzes. I think that is really helping the Dolphins defense take this huge next step. This is a respectable Rams offense and they have put together a great performance. Jared Goff looked completely lost. Before that it was a veteran in Joe Flacco who was completely lost. Before that, Jimmy Garoppolo had two interceptions in the first half and they had to pull him from the game. The Dolphins defense needs a lot more respect than they're getting right now. My next takeaway from this game is that don't worry about Tua just yet. Everyone was worrying, especially after that first drive, but really it's hard for me to come to any different conclusion than I would have before this game. I mean, the Dolphins offense was extremely conservative. It was extremely vanilla. Tua was getting rid of the ball extremely quickly. And the Rams defense is an extremely tough one that was applying pressure. So even though Tua wasn't lights out, he wasn't putting up a monster performance by any means, he wasn't really required to do much, and that kind of makes it hard for me to assess what he did. I imagine he will feel more comfortable in the future, and the Dolphins will elect to open it up more. But in his first game as a starter against a very tough Rams defense, one that was getting into the pocket a ton, I imagine this was kind of part of the game plan to kind of work on these short routes, get the ball out quick, and avoid him being hit a lot. So with that being said, I can't really make any sort of grand conclusion about Tua's performance, but all I'm going to say is don't worry just yet. He looked okay to me. Now, my last and final takeaway for this game is that the Dolphins offense needs to get more creative when it comes to the play calling. And I know I said that I even acknowledged maybe it was part of their game plan to be more conservative in this game and they got off to a huge lead. Maybe they're trying to choose some clock and protect Tua. I understand that. But the game before that, 
against the Jets, it was almost a mirror image where the offense just completely stagnated. They only got one first down against the Jets. They went one for nine, and that first down came when Tua stepped into onto the field. And then in this game, they went three for 12. There was a lot to be desired in that Jets game, and a lot of those things that I didn't like in that game kind of carried over to this one. I think there needs to be a little bit more creativity, open up the field a little bit more. Tua threw one pass deep down the field with Aaron Donald barreling down on him to Mike Kosicki, and he almost caught it. It was almost a great play. So I think Tua has the arm. Yeah, I think he has the weapons. I think they just need to drop some plays where he can, you know, take a few more chances. And then uh, on top of that, the receivers need to get separation, namely guys like Preston Williams, namely guys like Mike Isicki. I'm still confident in Devontae Parker, but the other guys on this team need to step up and get some sort of separation on their guy. So guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up this episode. As always, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do so. That is at ShadySteven or at Via the Source. If you could, leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. That would be a tremendous help. If you have a YouTube channel, it would be a huge help if you could subscribe to that on YouTube. All you have to do is type in Via the Source Dolphins, and it will certainly be one of the first ones that come up. That will be a huge help for me. But guys, that is how I'm going to wrap it up. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso, and this was Via the Source.